forever. Dog. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, or whenever the time is right. It's the Writers Panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now. Oh yeah! I'm thrilled to have some of the creative minds behind Creep Show, which launches. What's the date? September 26th. This week. This week, Thursday night. On Shudder. Um, it's so good. I said this off the microphones. I will say this on the microphone for the public to hear. It's so good. Uh, it's like I said, like it's just what you want it to be. Uh, <laughs> Greg is so happy. <laughs> There's so much relief. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it's been such a long time coming. Um, yeah. It looks good. It like the sound is amazing. Ooh. The actors are great. The, mm. the scripts are fantastic. Uh, I really like anyone who's been putting off getting shutter should Get Shutter now. Absolutely. You just got um, a free lifetime subscription to Shutter. <laughs> I'm a big Shutter fan. Uh, let's go around just and introduce yourselves on microphones uh, so the listener knows what you sound like. Tell us um, who you are, what you did on this show. Uh, and some of the things we may know you from in the past. And Greg, let's start with you. Okay. Uh, my name is Greg Nicotero. I was the showrunner, uh, executive producer, creator, special effects makeup artist, director, second unit director, whipping boy, craft service, uh, transportation. No, I'm just kidding about the last two. Uh, listen, I've owned a, a makeup effects company called KB Effects since 1988. We have about 1,200 credits, all the Quentin Tarantino movies, Robert Rodriguez movies. And for the last 10 years, I've been the producing director on The Walking Dead. Great. Oh, follow that. <laughs> I'm Rob Schraub. I uh, wrote and directed Bad Wolf Down, which is an installment, which is not this week, but next week. Yes. And uh, I'm a rabid Creepshow fan. I'm a rabid Nicotero fan. I am. If, if there's a silence coming from my side of the table, it's because I'm smiling and I can't talk because I'm just so excited to be here. This is great. <laughs> this is awesome. And, and I'll say, like, knowing you a little bit, yeah. uh, we met on Dead Pilot Society yeah, where yeah. we got to do a couple of your pilots. Um, like, this is so in your wheelhouse. Absolutely. Like, this is right in your kitchen. <laughs> Horror, you know, comedy, uh, comic books. I yeah. mean, like, so many boxes are checked. I'm... I'm 16 again. It's great. <laughs> and that, I'll say, like, that's the feeling of the show, too. Yeah. It was like, if you're a monster kid, especially, this stuff just wakes that up inside mm -hmm. of you. Good. Oh, hi, I'm Brian Witten. I'm Greg Nicotera's producing partner. I run his company, Monster Agency Productions, and executive produced uh, Creepshow. And actually, Greg and I go way back because I come from the feature side, and I was an executive at New Line Cinema and oversaw Spawn, which KMB did the oh, wow. effects on. And and while I was at New Line, did Dark City and Final Destination and went on to, to Paramount where I was an executive vice president and worked on Mission Impossible 3 and Longest Yard and Four Brothers. And now I've partnered with Greg in doing a film and TV. And this is our first Monster Agency production to get oh, on fantastic. the air. Really? Congrats. And it was creep show, so it's great. Yeah, what an what an entrance, right? <laughs> For people who have been around, particularly forever. as a fanboy, like Stephen King and Creep Show. Yeah. Like I remember as a kid seeing it. So to be doing this and working with Greg and all the amazing cast and crew on this show is fantastic. That's awesome. Good. We'll get into some of that. Hey, I'm uh, Philip De Blasi. I co-wrote Grey Matter with my writing partner Byron Willinger. Uh, thrilled to be here. Uh, we come primarily from the world of features. Most recently, um, last year, The Commuter with Liam Neeson came out. But we've been in this business for about 20 years. 
writing, selling numerous features, uh, a lot of heartbreaks in the future world, uh, specked out a Paradise Lost with Bradley Cooper two weeks from production before falling apart. So <laughs> to be a part of a show that, you know, when Greg says, hey, you got like a week to write this or three weeks or whatever it was and see it come together. Was it together. that long? Wow. Yeah. That was really, I was in a good mood that day. I was in a good mood that day. It was amazing to see something like this go and be a part Ooh. of it because TV moves so much faster than features. Yeah. So it's just exciting. And it to exists here. too. You could work on a spec or a feature oh God, like yeah. it forever. Yeah. And then it goes on a shelf and never gets seen again. But at least, you know, when you're like, when the gun goes off, you're you're shooting, you're making it. It's going to be in front of somebody someday. Yes, so it's thrilling. Why yes. It's, right. Television is and great. And to see right how now. this episode came out uh, is amazing. It oh, really, it, it really. So good. Yeah, I love it. Um, Byron, speaking. Yeah, yeah, uh, go ahead. I'm Byron Willinger. I'm Phil's uh, writing partner, and I like to say we're the uh, longest running writing team in this town because I met him in preschool. <laughs> oh my wow. god, a long time ago, and. <laughs> Made a musical at the age of five for our called family. money is not important. And we were very we, we the title and theme of that, yeah. that musical. We <laughs> performed it for the family, the dog. Um, it was a great experience. And we used to make super eight millimeter films. We used to make our own little horror movies in the in the woods. Um, and we've been at it for years. We've written quite a few horror screenplays. Mm -hmm. And um, like Phil said, it was really exciting. This whole experience was amazing because. Yeah, one day we're on the phone with Greg. The next day we're writing. You know, three days later we're going over notes. And a month we're hanging out with Adrian Barbeau on, on a set. We're like, this is <laughs> surreal yeah. because we have feature scripts that are just of take course. 10 years. Right, at least, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, before we get into sort of the origins of this new creep show, how did you find the writers? Well, you know, Brian Brian was a big part of that. Rob Schraub, Rob and I have known each other for yeah. 10 years, yeah. more than 10 years. Yeah, yeah. We met when he was working on Sarah Silverman. He had a script that he had brought over to K&B to talk about doing the effects. And we immediately hit it off. I mean, I always find it fascinating when you when you meet kinfolk because <laughs> we're all from, you know, we're all from the same DNA. And with Rob, uh, we, we really just were excited about some opportunity in the yeah. future to work together. Well, so. I was in heaven walking around K&B. I've been a fan <laughs> of Greg's and, you know, like Romero and Savini and, you know, my whole life. Like, I'm, I'm wearing this, this denim jacket that I, I painted the Dawn of the Dead poster on when so, I was 16. He's going to give it to me at the yeah, end of the day. It's, it's it's <laughs> has an oingle boingle pen, so you can deal, deal with that. Sorry, right, I'll put Van Halen on there. There you go. That is, uh, but, you know, like, and my my spec script, Tentacles, which was about, like, a giant octopus attacking a Midwest town, had, like, a whole, like, riff on Creepshow in it. And we started talking about Creepshow, and he said, oh, I got the crate right here, and we're looking at the crate, and we're talking about Creepshow, and then 10 years later here... We're working on Creep Show again. That's I mean, crazy. like this is this is how my life is. It's <laughs> yeah. like all like these like happy accidents, these happy like little lucky things sure. that happen. It, it was kind of amazing. It it really did with the writers. It fell together like mm -hmm. seamlessly. Uh, John Esposito, who wrote Night of the Paw, has been a friend of mine. I really like took this chance to work with mm -hmm. the people I wanted to work with. I mean, I was lucky with Byron and Phil because they came they came to us. Uh, we'll talk a little bit yeah. about your first script in a minute. Yeah, sure. but uh, they were one of the few guys that I didn't personally know. Mm -hmm. But David J. Scow, who wrote The Crow, he wrote an episode. Um, 
and uh, Joe Lansdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote an episode with John Harrison, who was one of our directors, and Joe Hill. And then, of course, as I'm tr- I'm going through my head, the, one of the most interesting stories for me was I had read a short story 25 years ago. Uh, called Times is Tough in Musky Holler. And the gag of it is this, these rednecks have taken over this town and now they're getting their comeuppance. And it wraps up with the weirdest zombie pie eating contest you'll ever imagine in your life. And I couldn't remember, I read it so long ago, I couldn't remember who wrote it. And I started emailing out to a lot of my friends and John Skip, who, uh, who was, you know, wrote, um, Light at the end and the cleanup and mm-hmm. deadlines with with his partner uh, Craig Spector. I I found I kind of emailed him and said, "Hey, do you remember this story about the zombie piting contest?" He's like, "Oh, I wrote that." <laughs> That's so, crazy. <laughs> so I would say seventy percent of the stories were me reaching out to people that I respected and I had worked with, and I was like begging them to come work on the show. <laughs> Fortunately for me. There wasn't a lot of begging involved. It was it pretty was much unanimous. Yeah, so how did you guys get involved? Uh, how did you even get read? Okay, so we um, we write at a cafe, like a lot of writers in LA, and, and uh, there was a guy there, this guy Jordan Kizwani, who's one of the producers uh, on the show, and um, we'd ask him, Jordan, hey, what are you working on for years? He was like, I, I have the rights to Creep Show, and I'm trying to get in the right hands, and you know, my, our ears peak when we heard creep shows like oh cool they're gonna bring creep show back and so we would always try to get updates from him what's going on with creep show and then when he said it was getting set up greg's involved we got really excited and we pretty much begged him we said look do you guys have stories when you you know need stories please come to us give us a chance to pitch some ideas mm-hmm. so we frantically worked to come up with a lot of different ideas yeah cranked out like 10 ideas 10, yeah. that we that we really thought had potential and because we come from the same zeitgeist of great 70s uh, horror, thriller, Jaws, Duel, we came up with something that was a little of a riff on Spielberg's, uh, Spielberg's Duel, which uh, Greg responded to very strongly. Loved it. And from that, we we, we spec'd out, uh, not spec'd out. Not spec'd out. No, we, we developed it over the phone well, pretty mm-hmm. much with Greg. Yeah, let me, let's okay, back sure. up for a okay. second. Yeah. Um, when you were taking pitches, especially yeah. from people you didn't know, like, like these guys, like Phil and Byron, um, what format did you want? Like, what did you guys submit to Greg? And Greg, what what were you tending to respond to? Well, there was a lot of instances where I would get log lines, like, mm-hmm. oh, here's a couple page, or I mean, a couple sentences. Uh, some of them were a few paragraphs. And then we were also reading a lot of short stories, like Josh Mallerman mm-hmm. and Joe Lansdale. So we had a lot of different material coming in from different places. And, you know, Creepshow, really, this incarnation came about because of a short story. You know, the the quick backstory of it is I was doing press in Australia for The Walking Dead. I was getting ready to fly back uh, to the States. And I was like, oh, I want to read something on the plane. So I'm looking on my iPad and I see a book called Knights of the Living Dead. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. What the <laughs> hell is that? And I look at it and it's a series of short stories all based the same night yeah. as Night Living Dead. So I'm like, bing! You know, (laughs) and there was a story written in there by a guy named Craig Engler. Mm -hmm. So I landed, I called Brian and I said, listen, I don't know what I want to do with this story, but I want to shoot it. I just wanted to, I loved it. And then within like 24 hours, they're like, you know, Craig works for AMC, like the same company you work for. And he's an executive at Shudder. 
So by inquiring about that short story based on George Romero, of all places, everything just kind of comes yeah. together. Um, his guys responded with, yeah, that's great. But what do you think about being the showrunner on Creepshow? And in my head, I'm like, wait, my creep show, creep show? It's literally how it yeah. happened. It, it was so funny because we were trying to get the short story and then Stan Spry said, hey, would you guys ever want to do creep show? And I'm like, creep show, you have the rights. And he said, yes. And I called Greg and literally that's what Greg, Greg goes, you mean my creep show? Like, <laughs> we just couldn't believe it because the rights have been very, very complicated. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 people have been yeah. trying to do it for years. I tried to do it with feet in the feature world. Yeah. They couldn't get the rights. So we just didn't quite believe right. it. And, so, and, and my, when I yeah. say my creep show, the reason I think it's my creep show is because it was. I visited the set when I was 16, 17 years no, old in Pittsburgh because George Romero yeah. shot all of his movies there and my uncle was an actor who was in the crazies. So ultimately I, that was the first, I, that's where I met Tom Savini who ultimately hired me on day of the dead mm, and gave me my wild. first effect. So it, everything goes back to George Romero in a, mm. in a, even me discovering who Craig Engler was. <laughs> so I felt really, I, I felt like it, this was all sort of meant and destined to happen. So the minute that we pulled the trigger and it went and it, it started going, I was literally reaching out to right. everybody, and I could have I could have had a billion stories because every single uh, every single person that's of our age range age <laughs> range uh, within like fifteen yeah. years yeah. knows of creep shows. I would wear Absolutely. my creep show T shirt in the supermarket, and like a seventeen year old person <laughs> like bagging. Oh my god, I love creep shows. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, always, it's one of those awesome. ubiquitous titles. <laughs> yeah. So um, now it is my creep show. It weird, is. Weird, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But did. Didn't K and B almost kind of evolve out of Creepshow too? Like, didn't you guys all meet there? Or we, was that, we, Evil was Dead it? Two and Creepshow Two. We did those right. back to back. Um, and what was interesting about Creepshow Two was because I had then been sort of pulled into Romero's uh, family. Mm -hmm. uh, then when Creepshow Two came about. I was one of the effects guys on Creepshow 2. Richard Rubenstein, who produced Dawn of the Dead and Creepshow and all, he wanted, it's funny, he wanted me to be a producer. So he wanted to groom me. So when they were shooting Tales from the Dark Side in New York, he's like, come on, kid, you, sh you should work for me. I'm going to teach you the ropes. And I'm like, yeah, but I want to make monsters. <laughs> yeah. So I left and went and worked for Tom Savini. And he would always be like, what, what were you thinking? What Cut to. <laughs> yeah. wow. Well, let me ask you, and, and then I want to sort of dig back in on yep. the, the early goings on this iteration, but like, what do you think he was responding to in you that saw you as a producer? Because clearly now, 20 years later, you've gone on to be a producer and writer and director and now showrunner. Like you, you wear all these hats and they're clearly, you know, you have uh, an affinity for it and you, you're able to do it. What do you think he saw back then? Well... I think what happened on Day of the Dead, which was my first official job, I was hired to manage Tom Savini's department because <laughs> Tom was and still is a groundbreaking maverick in terms of special effects makeup. So when Day of the Dead came about, they were like, listen, if we had somebody that would literally hire the crew, order the supplies, do the script breakdowns, all this kind of work, sure. that would keep Tom free to develop and design the effects and you would basically be the department manager. So that, makes sense. that, and, and that went over 
amazingly well to the point where all the other producers kind of sat up and went, wait a minute, like, like before that job, that position didn't exist. <laughs> when I moved to Los Angeles and people were getting jobs as makeup effects coordinators, that I That's was crazy. the first person that had ever done that. So I think Richard went, wait a minute, we ha we're onto something here. Yeah. You can have somebody who can manage the department and break down the scripts and all that kind of stuff. And then when it comes time to go to set, I would be one of the puppeteers, one of the makeup mm -hmm. artists. So right. that's how that came about. So I think Richard was kind of like, <laughs> like I had created this position that really yeah. hadn't Which existed Which was necessary. Too. Well, was very really necessary. And that's very helpful yeah. like on Creep Show because we're working like it's such a tight budget. Like you, you're like the Terminator. You'll look at my script and you'll go, okay, well that's got to go. That's got to go. See if you could do this. Do this inside. Don't do that's it outside. Right. You're going to kill yourself. You just like, and so every time I would have to do a rewrite, there would mm -hmm. be like these, like, hey, look, I like it all, but you're gonna you're gonna hate your life unless you <laughs> find some problem solving. And, and you would be the thing that's great about you is that you've got the the technical and the creative and the yeah. manager. Usually, you only get one of those. That's true. And and so the fact that you can do like the creative plus the managing is just like that's superpower to me. Well, and I don't you know and I had a really story. we had a really unique experience because Rob's script was. Probably one of the first scripts that we had optioned to to go forward. When oh, really? Pitched, I didn't know. I didn't know. That. His was one of the first because yeah. everybody was like, "Oh my god, it's like werewolves and Nazis. It's right <laughs> out of it's so you can't get any more We're comic book. Yeah, yeah, World yeah. War II. Yeah. It, it was really, it was really a great script. And I'll tell you, and you know, these guys will talk about it. For me, I think some of the most conversations were us brainstorming on the phone about either Absolutely. what the scripts could be, what the scripts should be, and then later with you, creatively, how do we solve our problems? Yeah. And and Rob said, after his first draft of Bad Wolf came in, and there was this exterior battle scene, it was all this crazy stuff, and his That's episode being, was, being in a, uh, I didn't know how many pages, none I didn't, of us did. I didn't we know just, what the money we is, so I just it. said, let me just write out of my heart, what do I want yeah. to see? Yeah. There's like hundreds of bodies, yeah. dead bodies. Yeah. 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 I was, it was like saving private Ryan opening, yeah. and just yeah. like, oh, screw it, a cast of a thousand. Amazing. Yeah. But we. But this was early days, as you say, and it, you it didn't, was. like the thing didn't have a form yet. No, and we really, and that that goes to speak to to Byron and Phil as well because the script that they originally pitched to us that we optioned was called Two for the Road and it was a cross between the raft segment from Creepshow yeah. 2 and Duel and I, I want to see that it, I, <laughs> yeah, I loved it it's Listen, a comic book I, I loved I loved the script and a lot of our uh, collaboration in terms of where the script ended was just right. us riffing yeah. great ideas. That right those phone, phone calls that we had were so great. Yeah, that. I mean, we had we worked you know on the idea and we started to create a treatment, uh, but we basically on the phone with Greg, we just kind of spitballed on the basic structure of the story, and we really kind of came up with the whole ending together. And Greg had some amazing ideas, like oh yeah, it has to go here, the story has to end here, and it was basically just this really good collaborative process right over the phone yeah yeah it's uh it's a 
It's an episode that one day will. Uh, <laughs> I hope. Make it uh, I'll, I'll make it. We'll make it into a movie, maybe. But it, so it was, is that what shut it down? Was it? It's expensive. expensive. It was very, very ambitious, and yeah, and so so. But then we what we learned, you know, from from Greg. I mean, as as, as Rob was just saying about okay, when you gave us uh, Stephen King's Gray Matter, it's like okay, this is mostly set mm-hmm. in two locations, yeah, and and this is going to be really really character driven about a father and son, and so we were able to go okay this is what it needs to be to you know to to get done gotcha. right yeah, i remember when sense. we started out greg was like you know let's go for it there's a big car crash let's go yeah, for no it we, don't know, we didn't know exactly yeah. what the limits sure. were uh, as he's putting this all together and then i think it was and we didn't know how many pages it needed to be and then That's we started so cutting back the script and trying but to but it, I, I think with anything like it. this you you can't at the beginning limit yeah. sure. passion no. and no. i didn't want shoot to. for the moon yeah. you know at least if you know you might not make it but at least you'll be in space that's yeah. that's my yeah. theory about anything. It's like <laughs> let's 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 go for it with the first draft yeah. and then chip away at at it. And 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 the thing about it is is like what what we we did with Bad Wolf was like you would go the house the house is on fire. What's the most important stuff? Yeah. Take it to run out, and then it just. There was a lot of great stuff in the first draft, but it just made everything that was good like better because there was no meat. It was just all like yeah. cool, 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 cool stuff. Yeah. And and I think that was fun too. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed really, that. I was really proud when when Rob said to me at one point, he's like, "Dude, we we, you know." And Rob's episode was the was in the sixth position. We shot his episode last, <laughs> so we had been in the meat grinder <laughs> yeah. uh, for two months. So. I just was like, I wanted to preserve as much of what we loved about his story uh, that we could. And at one point in one of our conversations, when we were like, wait, what if it all took place here? What if we did that? What if we, and then he had said, you know, it's better in in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And that was a huge compliment to me because listen, this was the first time I was ever a showrunner. This was my question. (laughs) I love, I loved collaborating with the writers. And one of the worst phone calls I had to make was calling, uh, calling Byron and Philip and saying, you know how much I love the script. We're, it's just beyond our budget range. And then I finished that with a however. <laughs> and the way that worked was when we had initially got the green light on Creepshow, Stephen King was the first person I reached out to. And he goes, I got just the story. And he gave me a story called Survivor Type. And it's takes place on a desert island probably as big as this like this room <laughs> yeah. and which is enormous which is massive <laughs> yeah almost uh, stadium sized <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh and the story revolves around this guy who breaks his ankle compound fracture he's a doctor and he has to cut his foot off and then he has to eat it and then he ends up eating himself yeah so i wrote the script for it because they're like listen it's it's stephen king you should direct it and you should so i wrote the script and i loved the script i was so excited like i sent it to a couple of my friends like what do you think and they're like dude this is it's great and then as soon as we started shooting and one of the producers went well there's a lake and i'm like no no it has to be in the ocean it can't be a lake where he could just swim away so as much as <laughs> as much as I hated putting two for the road uh, aside, I had to put aside a script that I sure. had written as well, and that's, that was that was crushing for me. That's crazy though. Like it seems to me that you know so much was figured out 
once the show was already greenlit. Well, we had this. We had all the scripts except right. for, uh, and Survivor type I was still one about. of our twelve. Right. Yeah. And listen, my original cockamamie—I don't know what the <laughs> hell I was thinking—idea was I wanted I wanted it to feel like Night Gallery, mm -hmm. the old mm. Rod Serling, where like one episode could be twelve minutes and one episode. That's yeah. why I did. Right. I never gave the guys any page parameters because yeah. I thought we're going to mix and match them and it's going to be great. Yeah. Which I'll, I'll just to interject, like watching that pilot where there's a 30, 35 minute piece <laughs> and then sort of a shorter piece yeah. attached to it yeah. is such a fun treat. It has that feeling of yeah. like, Good. Oh, this could be anything. This can be a short film. This can be a longer short film. Yeah. Um, and it never feels like the budget is weighing down. That's the thing. It. The great thing about it, an anthology. It doesn't. I can't believe it, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Any good anthology is always like, okay, is all about contrast. You look at the first one, it's Absolutely. like Father's Day, and then you go to like Jordy Verrill, which mm -hmm. is a way different tone. Super and then out there's, there. and it, it just it goes all over the place, yeah. you know, and. And so that's, that's part of the candy of an anthology. That's the fun. Yeah. yeah, that's really the fun is like you can go, okay, this one's going to be really, really serious and, and bleak. This one's going to be kind of fun and more goofier. And this yeah. one's going to be shorter. This one's going to be longer. And I think I, I'm drawn to anthologies because of that, because I just want. Yeah. difference give, you know give me all of it. Yeah, yeah just yeah. give me a little bit bits and pieces you know i mean like if i don't like this one i know i'm five minutes away from another another go totally what you're saying is this creep show is a box of chocolates yes <laughs> yeah yeah hey. this, this sort of suggests a question to me and this is you know for you guys uh who were there at the beginning like was there as much as it can be anything was there a creep show-ness to hold on to, to say, like, this is the sweet spot for what makes a creep show show. Absolutely. And, you know, like Rob was saying, you know, I kept going back to the original movie mm -hmm. in terms of referencing uh, style and substance. And even with even with people at Shudder, you know, there was another script that we had developed that I had co-wrote and it was really outrageous and it was funny. And too funny. No, no. Not, not, <laughs> look at, and I kept saying, guys, look yeah. at Jordy Verrill. Mm -hmm. Jordy Verrill is like the most outrageous. Cartoon. Yeah. And, and again, all this stuff paid tribute to EC Comics. Right. And that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize is there was always a reoccurring theme. It was always either sex or revenge or a comeuppance, yeah. but they were outrageous. Yeah. And that's the one of the things version of that. absolutely. Yeah. And some of our stories are really outrageous, uh, which I love. And then, of course, with Gray Matter that the boys wrote, you know, when we had our first conversation, they're like, you know, this is really a story about a codependent relationship between a boy and his alcoholic son. So when we had that father, father, father so a boy and his like, yeah, son. <laughs> yeah, that's sorry. a very different version. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's the sequel. A boy and his son. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, but the, but the thing about EC Comics that I always loved hmm. is that there is a delight from the makers totally. that are scaring the kids. You yeah. know, you have the creep who's already going. <laughs> Look right. at this. It's it makes the comic. Forbidden Fruit. I'm not mm -hmm. supposed to watch it. It's going to scare Absolutely. me, but yeah. I love it. I delight in it. You know, like you look at um, like Leslie Nielsen in, in uh, Something to Tide You're Over. He's like dancing around. Isn't this fun? I'm killing yeah. Ted Danson. This is great. And then like there's there's just such a 
there's like I can't wait to creep you out and scare mm-hmm. you, and I and I love that. Yeah, I just really love that. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a sense of fun. There's a sense of fun. <laughs> I mean, I remember as a kid, I, late at night, I'd sneak creep show. To, you know, it's like this, and you'd watch. I'd be watching the 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 doctor from Airplane burying the Sam Malone, and it was it was just fun. Very <laughs> strange. Find yeah. Sam Malone, yeah, going underneath the wings. So yeah. yeah. it was like he was washing a glass while he was in the, while he was in the sand. The, the thing about yeah, it, something really that tied good. you over is like. Like Leslie Nielsen is like, I'm going to delight in torturing you. Not only am I going to fill, uh, b- drown you on the beach, I'm going to let you watch uh, your lover drowned on a, on a TV before you die. And so, and then he goes back home and he's like, ah, ha, ha. and now their ghosts come out of the sea and now they're delighting in his death. And it all ends with him like laughing and I can hold my breath a long time. There's like this weirdness that is... I don't know. It's, it feels very avuncular. Like you're, you're like, mm-hmm. uh, your dad won't let you uh, look at this stuff, but uh, Uncle Uncle Greg <laughs> will let you uh, yeah. take a look at this stuff. It's like it, it makes it more forbidden. It's absolutely. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the opening of the movie. The dad yeah. and the comic book. You know. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. totally. Yeah, totally. Well, and, and what's fun about it is the fact that that every story really is very different. You know, mm-hmm. some of them are outrageous. Some of them are a little darker. You know, when we did Gray Matter, that the guys wrote. Uh, it's, you know, when we had our first conversation and I had said, ah, we're not going to be able to do two for the road. However, we have a different Stephen King story and I'd love for you guys to write it. Uh, and we were about two weeks, two and a half weeks away from shooting it when I think oh, wow. you, you guys wrote no it kidding. Fa- yeah. like really yeah. fast. And, and that's yeah. also because the Stephen King's structure was, mm-hmm. I mean, really the story was laid out. I mean, sure. I don't want to give everything away about what, how we how we had to ch- change some minor yeah. things, but really we had a great source for Yeah, I mean, it was laid from. out. We, yeah. didn't, we, so, didn't have yeah. to, we didn't have to reinvent the story here. No, I mean, but there's still a lot of work in adaptation, as I'm absolutely. sure everyone learned doing and, that. And when it's Stephen King, you know, we're going into it, we're like, we just, we just don't want to screw up Stephen yeah. King here. Right. <laughs> no, <laughs> it, 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 me, me too. So when the guys were like, yeah, it's, you know, it's really this this codependent story between the son and his alcoholic father and when when we boiled it down to that which is just just again goes to show how king would write his characters just Mm -hmm. filled with nuance and and i realized well this is going to be a lot darker than some of the other episodes yeah, sure. that, that uh that people that people had had written you know rob's has rob's is much is more fun it's much like yeah mine yeah. yeah. leans more into the fun rather right. than the horror but i will say but like, it's, you get a little bit of everything exactly yeah. like great matter feel does feel like a great introductory episode i was trying to explain to my wife what creep show is and i said it's it's the twilight zone but with monsters instead of irony and right. like that, it, that's a great way of yeah, putting it yeah right yeah. that's what we get from that first episode yeah. where yeah. like we get the fun monstery stuff that i think we expect we get great characters um and then that second piece <laughs> is truly horrifying but also kind of silly it's fun because it's, it's fun. such a weird premise it, it, it's like yeah. drinking a lot of orange cough syrup and you and, and watching like that you mean that, like this that time yeah <laughs> it's just it you get this kind of weird femur, fever dream like the colors are really like glowing yes. and everybody's acting in this kind of like Cohen brothers like over the topness really arch and angles are very Adam West Batman and it's like 
it's all very consistent. I think that's what was so great about what George did with the Stephen King script was just he made it very consistent. That was the unifying theory, uh, the unifying theme of of the anthology. You know, some anthologies like there's no un- unifying like right. thread that goes yeah. through it. But like George said, let's make it feel like a comic book. It's still my favorite comic book movie. You know, I, I really do think it's the that only comic book movie. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> And, uh, and and it just gave it like even though there's different tones, the the approach was always consistent. And usually yeah. it, it, it it doesn't work out that way, but this one just I think is a slam down. Well, and it seems like you know that came from the beginning. Is as right. much as you were sort of figuring yeah. out the details of budget and who was writing what and <laughs> what anyone was writing, um, it feels like you knew what creep show was. Well, from early it's on. yeah because I was. You know, I was brought up yeah, on it and, and, you know, having worked with George on a dozen of his projects, the the pressure and the responsibility that I mm-hmm. felt like, OK, this is Creepshow. You can't screw it up. That's why I called all these guys around yeah. me, because I knew that I wanted the best of the best. And there were there was a lot of writers and a lot of people that that I had wanted to work with. And this was finally that opportunity. So for me to be able to call David Scow and John Esposito and John Skip and Joe Lansdale and, you know, Harrison. and John Harrison. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I hadn't met Josh Mallerman before, mm-hmm. but I had seen Bird Box. And I was like, wait a minute, that story was so raw and so fun and so crazy. And he wrote The House of the Head, which, yeah. again, was one of those short stories that I read it and I'm like, this is so much fun. So like, clever. how yeah. do we, you know, so the, the idea that you have a little girl who has a dollhouse <laughs> and something's murdering the dolls in the house. <laughs> and funny story about that was, you know, we were developing all this while I was directing Walking Dead. Oh, no at kidding. the l- end of last season. So all of our phone calls were on like Sunday mornings. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have like 45 minutes before I, you know, before I have to, talk to have another call with other writers so we didn't have a traditional writer's room Mm -hmm. we had we had people submit ideas and then we went through collectively and picked 18 of the ideas that were pitched to us and then i would have conference calls with all the writers and then we would talk through the scripts and stuff so i was working on walking dead at the same time so while we were shooting last season's finale I'm standing on set next to Kaylee Fleming, who plays Rick Grimes' daughter, Judith. And I said, listen, we have this story called The House of the Head. And if if it goes and this show goes, I would love for you to play the little girl. And so she was, in essence, the first actor that we ever cast on the show. <laughs> And again, I think oh, that she kills it. She's amazing. so yeah. magnificent. Yeah. 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 She sells that very difficult. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I, I'm remembering now um, when the call went out to writers to submit for Creepshow. Um, and I wasn't, it wasn't clear to me whether or not these were original ideas, whether we were pitching short stories that could be adapted. What was the process for that early on? Uh, we had, it was a little bit of both. You know, okay. we, were, we were taking submissions uh, for original pitches as well as looking for some some IP that we could, mm-hmm. that we could develop. You know, I liked the idea of taking some published, uh, 
mm-hmm. stories and and adapting them because I felt like again that's kind of feels creep showish totally. you know in that in that world so it was probably I would say 50 50 pitches yeah. and we were looking for we were looking for short stories that we could adapt and okay. some like for example man in the suitcase came out of Sean Daly who represents Joe Hill Greg we had reached out to Joe early on and we were working on finding something in his manner Sean said hey I have this great writer who loves creep show obsessed with creep show and he wrote like a little spec pitch huh. and man in the suitcase was that's how it came out of Chris Buhlman wrote that oh, funny yeah and listen we even you know uh, talking about EC comics and all this stuff there was a comic book series that was probably late 80s Rob would know called Twisted Tales oh yeah, yeah. and Twisted Tales know. was you know just like when we had the Universal Monster movies and then we had Hammer yep. Hammer was a little gorier a <laughs> little sexier all the girls had you know like cleavage <laughs> hanging out and there was blood all over Christopher Lee's face yeah Twisted Tales was the bloody, sexier version of EC Comics. Mm -hmm. So that was a 10-issue run. And when we initially started Creepshow, I had talked about Twisted Tales and said, guys, listen... Twisted Tales is sort of the modern modern version of, of Tales from the Crypt. Right. So one of the first things we did was go after Bruce Jones, mm-hmm. who wrote Twisted Tales. Funny. Because I wanted to represent one of his stories. So mm-hmm. one, uh, All Hallows' Eve was published in one of the issues of Twisted oh, Tales fun. in the, I That's think great. it was late 80s, right? When, that sounds right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wondered about that process of gathering the short stories. It really honestly came from all over the place. Like okay. Josh Mallerman literally would just keep sending us short <laughs> stories because he, he knew exactly the tone of Creepshow and grew yeah. up on it. And these guys sent us, and Paul Dini and Steve Langford, they sent us like two pages of paragraphs. Mm-hmm. So it really came all out, out of anywhere. Gotcha. And so when you guys were initially pitching... Uh-huh. And you sent a bunch of pages. What did those pitches look like for you? And and were you, and maybe you don't want Greg to hear this, but were you looking at old material and saying, what can no, we uh, bring that's new? What I mean, is all, new for All Cooper? original. I mean, we, we, all, we're yeah. always cranking out ideas. We, yeah. we have like 20 pages worth of <laughs> ideas, sure. concepts, log lines. Dust them off. <laughs> dust them off. And, uh, Since preschool. You've but they, they, <laughs> look, they often look like, uh, like a small paragraph, maybe, describing just roughly what it is, what yeah. a twist might be, that kind of thing, but very conceptual in nature. Yeah, I mean, they just—they might just be a nugget, you know. Mm-hmm. They might be like, "Oh, we got an idea for this month." What There's an idea for this? Here, There's something yeah. here. There's a strange attractor, uh, and um, we just lay them all out. And we we would do like a hundred, and we'd pick our best. <laughs> well, I don't, we didn't do a hundred. No, but, you know, we always <laughs> do between that. You, we between, between each the other, two yeah. we crank out a lot more than we actually. Of course, yes, of course, and then it yes. Keeps getting smaller and smaller until the gotcha. best ones. Did you guys have a favorite one that that you thought we would go for that we didn't? Yeah. I was going to ask. Was there we, one that got we, away? <laughs> we did. We don't know your response. So there was one on the plane in which a man was um, having an illicit like little fling with a woman in first class. He was in uh, uh, coach. And then he, his, I think his he took, ring he took falls off his, into the. He, well, he oh, took yeah, off his yeah, wedding yeah. ring, and it accidentally fell into the toilet. Uh, you know, either. and then and then he realizes that um, the woman that he was having the little uh, mile high club with was uh, missing from the plane. They couldn't account for her, and uh, she seemed to have disappeared 
And, and, the, the and, and somehow the whole, whole the toilet. There was wow. actually, I could just say, because no one's going to make this, there was a creature living in the lavatory, in, in, the, in, in the tank, in the septic tank of the plane. And he had to get his wedding ring back. And so this, the, by the way, this story is called Flush. So he, he actually is able to, he unbolts the whole thing and he That's goes hilarious. in the septic tank and, he, and there's this tentacled creature living in this fucking thing. And he gets his ring back when, well, they flush the septic tank. He becomes tank blue ice. While they're, and, and he, he becomes blue ice. For, and he, for cheating. And so that's, yeah. That was it. It was, I it was love just, that. It was that's just so expensive. That's so great. There's an airplane set. There's an airplane set in Simi Valley. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just ridiculous enough. That and a little gross, kind of disgusting, <laughs> wading through oh, muck yeah. in the septic tank, without a doubt. Maybe not I for season one. one. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not season one. So we thought you would go for that, but... I like that one. I like it, too. I did like that one, but the dual, the... The one that you—that was the one that sang to me because it felt like it felt like creep show. And then when we sort of tweaked the ending uh, a little bit, I just went, "Oh, it it really came full circle." Well, I think all of this, and Rob, you sort of spoke to this earlier, is like a great lesson for any writer, which is you can't be precious about the ideas. Like it's all a process. The reason we get into TV is to collaborate. Yeah, right. And and if you have people with good ideas. Take them. Listen to them. Look, you're getting credit anyway. Well, listen, I think I was more precious than these guys were because I I really, I really felt like most of Creepshow was me fighting for for things in the episodes because uh, you know, there was there was one scene that was written for Rob's that because our shooting schedule was insane, we had to kind of rethink part of it on the fly right right it oh, was yeah, supposed yeah. to take place in a in a tent uh at the very end and we you know it was just the days were long man because we we shot these in three and a half days yeah oh my god so that i i i we fought you know we yeah. always fought for what we thought was most important and i found myself being the guy saying over and over again but the story we need that for the story right. you know it's yeah. not just I, oh just cut because of costume I'm a firm believer like if everybody's on the same page and everybody's being on above board and everybody's like going no we can't screw this up this has got to be good the story finds a way you find out yeah. like oh I had it Plenty. I had just amount uh, the right amount of time to shoot everything I needed to shoot. Oh, it just so happened. Well, just the right I don't know. I mean, it, well, you can walk away from an episode and you got like the script, for example. You know, I mean, like it, it just got whittled down to like its base component elements that just made everything that was cool cooler because there was not, mm-hmm. there was no right. yeah. stuff no around no it fat. and yeah. you know like the ending that was originally written was good but I, I think because we had to pare it down because we had to just focus it on like just tying up one loose end at the end and concentrated on like the characters rather than a big yeah. You know, the, the piece, you know, it just it just yeah. made it more special, I Absolutely. think. Um and and Greg, going back to what you were saying, you know, about being the person pushing back, like you're the showrunner. Yeah. You're the yeah. also the yeah. director yeah. Uh, of, of at least a couple of these. <clears throat> That's the job, right? And it is. Did you know, had your training to now as a writer, as a director, as as uh, an effects person, as all of the department head, all of the stuff that you've done, did that sort of teach you the job of showrunner? Well, you know, I mean, I've been very, very involved on Walking Dead from from the beginning. Yeah. You know, when we did season one of Walking Dead, there were six episodes 
And Frank Darabont wrote the first episode, and then he went back to L.A. and oversaw the writers for episodes two, three, four, five, six. So he never came back to set. So I was his de facto voice. So I felt like between working with him and then Scott Gimple, mm -hmm. uh, I, I felt like I had a really good proving ground for being in the trenches, for fighting for the show and fighting for the material, and then also uh, for the directors and the actors. Like, I, I felt like I was, in my head, I was ready for it. Mm -hmm. And then you can never expect <laughs> when you get into it and you're laying in bed at one o'clock in the morning, like just staring at the ceiling and trying to figure out how you're going to get it done. And there were days when I'm like, I don't know how we're sure. going to do this because we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of time. But I was very, very ambitious with what I wanted to do. And, you know, when we hired the crew, everybody was like, every one of these scripts is great. Like, yeah. I was really proud of the material that we developed. Then it was like, okay, now we got to figure out how to shoot all of it. Um, you know, I was really fortunate because as much passion as there is for Creepshow in this room, that passion was, was equaled and matched by the crew. By That's Rob great. Draper, the DP, Amy Holmberg, our so production good. designer. That's awesome. Like those people really fought. And and half of them were there because they love Creep Show. And a lot of them were there because they respected what I wanted to do mm -hmm. with the show. I had a lot of Walking Dead people came over That's on great. our hiatus. Uh, assistant directors and a lot of a lot of folks. Nice. So I felt really, uh, I felt really protected by mm -hmm. the crew and by these guys, you know, but still just the realities of like, oh, well, there's a scene written in a Mexican restaurant. So we'll just get a food truck and park it in front of the studio. Uh, I, every time I, there's one scene, every time I watch it, I just, I, I die a little bit inside because I'm like, uh, but it, uh. but there's always that, right? Was, Greg was phenomenal because we'd be in his office, Greg and Julie and I, and we'd, we'd be over whatever, where we were on the, on the budgets and constantly trying to figure out creative solutions. And he was amazing with going, well, the point of the scene is this, so we could do this, we could do that, and that will bring it down here, that's and great. that would work, so let's do that. I mean, that's, a, was, that's real story brain, absolutely. which every showrunner needs, it, right? It was, and, and that, was, that was, that was, I love those challenges, mm -hmm. even though I hate having five guns pressing <laughs> right. on the back of my head while I'm having to do that. You know, when we shot the first episode the first episode was super ambitious and i think once we got out of the gate on episode two we were like okay we gotta we gotta reel in um hmm. a lot of what we're doing because we realized that if we would have kept going at that pace we might not have had enough money to finish the show sure. and again that was me being my my vision for the show being very grand and very big you know sure. the, the great part of all this was once we finished uh, the majority of the post work, AMC watched it and went, we love this show. And they oh, actually so gave cool. us a chunk of money to, to like put into visual effects and to oh, put into great. sound and to put into editing and all this stuff. So nobody ever does that. Nobody no. ever says, oh, by the way, we love what you did so much. Right. Here's more money. That not, like, <laughs> like when, when right. Craig Engler called me, he's like, I don't even know how to make this call because I've never made it before. <laughs> wow. So that, that was funny. a huge, that was a huge weight That's lifted off of me. That's such a compliment. To all of, to yeah. all of yeah. us. A new title sequence. We got a really. Oh, it's nice. so cool. Oh, yeah, it's good. 
It's yeah. so cool. I can't wait to see. I, I when I saw the title sequence, I was like, "What? What? <laughs> yeah. What? This is yeah. this." And it, and the thing originally is, it was going to be like crayon sketches for right. my fourteen year old, <laughs> my fourteen year old daughter. Well, to, to, I mean, like when no, you're on set and you're you're doing something so on the cheap, and you're just like, "Oh gosh," you know. I mean, like everything you're looking at it, like, well, it looks. Looks good, you know, but you you know, know? I'm worried that, you know, like, is my episode going to look cheap or, or yeah. whatever? But when we saw it at the Egyptian, I was like, this looks totally Nobody legit. would ever know. No. no. Nobody no, no, would no. ever know the, sure. the amount of hair that fell out of my head. And I have a lot of hair. <laughs> I'm just, for those of you that but don't and know. It, and, you know, there's something to be said for even after that first episode, when you said we have to pair back again, you were never, you never step back on the ambition of it. No. Like, you still wanted to tell these stories in the best way that you could tell these stories. And there's something I, and I, for that. I love the stories. I love everything right. that we developed. I loved everything that these guys did. It really was it really was a treat. And for, for other people on the crew, you know, uh, our prop master and our makeup effects guys to come up to me and go, these scripts are great. And these are guys who are fans of Creepshow. Yeah. yeah. They, they were That's so cool. excited about it. You know, Lucas Gottfried, who was our prop master, like, Every single episode, there are Easter eggs oh, all over, awesome. all oh, over the place. So In Grey Matter, there's probably 20 Stephen King Easter eggs. I, I feel like I saw two. There must be more. There's so, there's so many of them That's in there. Fun. And it, it just it warmed my heart that the crew was as dedicated to it as I was, because they were like, "Listen, man, this is our chance to do creep show." Like right. they every they had creep show posters hanging up. They had all they all this great. crazy stuff That's everywhere. Really cool. So um, you watch House of the Head again. Inside the dollhouse, there's so many Easter yeah. eggs yeah. Uh, throughout yeah. the house that were miniaturized. It was amazing. Ah, I'll have to watch it again. Um, did you because there was not a traditional writers' room? Did you all get to read each other's scripts? Unfortunately, no. I, I, read, I read a read bunch of them. Script. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I read a bunch of them, and I, I, I felt the same way that Greg did. I thought they were great. I, I mostly was like going, geez, am I good enough to be in the room with the, you know, like there was my own insecurity of just like going, like trying to try. And mm. also seeing what everybody else was doing. Like I said, like anthology is like, it's all about contrast, what goes totally. before and what goes after. And so I wanted to make sure that mine <laughs> felt creep show but also mm -hmm. wasn't bumping with anything that already was yeah. there you yeah. know so i Distinct as well, i was yeah. just kind of trying to play around it, with it was interesting because i did i did share some of the scripts with with a lot of the writers and unfortunately with well, with byron end. and philip <laughs> yeah. your the script that you guys had written at the beginning wasn't going to be produced so for three episodes they weren't Right, they weren't part of the team. Sure, and I, again, it broke my heart to make that yeah. phone call. And it was really so. Fun. The I read minute, that one. It was uh, really it great. Was, and I felt the same way. It was like, yeah. oh, it's it's the raft, but on the road. Yeah, which is such a great, so great my, So so hiring them to do gray matter was my sort of like, you guys, you you did such great right. work for me. I I can't just drive past you without <laughs> throwing a bloody something at you out the Damn. window. But you know, one of the things too was. With Rob, because Rob, literally, I think, like, the day that we talked about Creepshow, like, the next morning, he was, like, at K&B, like, 
like hey, knocking on the door. Uh, so annoying. I no, was so it was annoying. great because no, no, his no, no, enthusiasm. Could, I, you were. were yeah. He was very, very <laughs> excited. And so when, you know, because what we did was we wrote the scripts individually. They weren't like in the original Creep Show when Steve wrote it, the interstitial story sort of weaves us through. It's a kid with a comic book and mm -hmm. then the comic book blows open. But I was concentrating on the story. So we didn't have the in-between interstitials. Sure. So at one point, I had said to Stan Spryer, producer, I'm like, we need the interstitials. I said, some of it should be a mix of animation and some of it should be a mix of live action. And I called Rob and I was like, hey, dude, you know, pitch me some. I'd love for you to write some interstitial stuff. Mm -hmm. And and he pitched a couple that were just like, I was literally thinking, I need to build a cockpit of a spaceship. Yeah. Out of, yeah. Uh, I was in Atlanta, yeah. like calling Prop House and saying, do you guys have a spaceship God. cockpit yeah. that we could rent yeah. for a day? Because he wrote one that we're, we'll shoot it next year, hopefully. Uh, it, it was really but, fun. Eh? Yeah. Actually, it was like Dan Harmon gave me the idea for what we were talking about. Because he's a huge, huge fan. Dan yeah. Harmon works on uh, creator co-creator of Rick and Morty and and they're all like everybody at the Rick and Morty offices because I'm on the staff right yeah. now is just like every day when's it coming out when's it coming out like they are <laughs> so excited <laughs> yes yeah 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 so we'll tell everyone to buy Shutter yeah it's really uh, like I and I think I told you this Brian that I've been on like huge projects before huge TV shows but I've never gotten more support than than this. Me like, too. Everybody has been yeah. like, the fan base is like, I'm so happy for you. This has been a long time coming. This is what you should be doing. This is so yeah. great. I, I'm. It's just, it's really, it's really, really great. And um, I love when people go like, how did you get these writers? Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, how did you get them? And I'm like, I, I, I called them and right. like and everybody that, wants to do that. Yeah, I, it was yeah, kind of amazing. Yeah. I feel really, I feel really grateful because when we had the screening last week here in Hollywood, like Scott Gimple knows Rob Schraub and like they were outside talking and, and they're like, you have Rob Schraub. I'm like, I know. Isn't it great? Like, <laughs> like I feel really blessed to have, to have these guys and everybody, you know I mean? Like Rob's right. It, the amount of support, the amount of, of, people that have i feel have sort of banded together to protect the integrity of mm -hmm. the show and yeah. the vision of what creep show is family of, of what it is it really it, it yeah. really is and because it's george amaro and because it's stephen king and you know i george gave me my first job so i i felt really I felt like a tremendous amount of responsibility. And that's why I hired some of the people that worked on the original movie. Like cool. some of the animation in between oh, nice. was done by Rick Hadazone and John Harrison, who was the first assistant director and wrote the music. Oh, wow. he, he wrote an episode with me and he directed two episodes. Nice. And then Tom Savini, mm -hmm. yeah. who was my first boss. And he came in and directed an episode and talk about like, you could take the enthusiasm of every single person that, that loves creep show, multiply it by 20 million. And that would be the look on Tom Savini's face. The first time he said action on the set of creep show. Wow. So it was it's really cool. Great. I mean, listen, you're doing the legacy, right? You're creating new stuff that it's going to get another generation of people feeling the way we did and do about this material. I hope so. Um, we'll wrap up as we always do. Uh, but first, Creepshow uh, premieres the 26th yes. of September on Shudder. 
Go subscribe, everybody. Shutter has lots of great stuff. It's too. really great, great, stuff. great, yeah. great, great. great. They, and also, part of the fun is every week a new episode will yes. drop. So it's every not Thursday late. up until yeah. Halloween. Yep. Awesome. I can't wait to see more. Yep. Um, thank you, guys. We'll wrap up as we always do by asking what you are watching on television these days. What's getting you excited or inspired? What are you talking about with your friends, your rooms, your coworkers, your loved ones? And Byron, let's start with you. Uh, I just finished up The Bodyguard on Netflix. It's good, so right? Yeah, yeah, that's a great yeah, pilot yeah, too. Yeah. I love that it's like six intense episodes because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much on TV to figure out what to watch. And That's true. Great. Yeah, yeah, that and Black Mirror. Yeah, so Black I, Mirror. I'm in a, I guess I'm in a UK kind of mode right yeah, now. Love Black <laughs> Finish that. So yeah, look, look, looking for the next uh, series to watch. Not sure what next. Yeah, we're always going through them trying to figure out. Okay, there's so much to choose there's from. So many options. options. There really is. So it's like that's why we do this. Maybe you it's hear like, something yeah, from other people. Like, what should we be watching? Yeah. What are you watching, Brian? I. I, succession. I'm fucking obsessed right. with that. I've been, my, one of my best friends kept saying, watch it. And I started watching the pilot and it was handheld and mm -hmm. I just didn't feel it. Like it felt like too, I, I don't know, it didn't vibe with me. And then my fiance and I last week started watching it. We watched on a Friday, two episodes, <laughs> Saturday, two more, Sunday. We watched the whole first season. Yeah. And then finally last night we stayed in on a Friday and watched three of season two and we're up to date. The greatest <laughs> fucking, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's phenomenal. So what you're saying is you're a cheap date. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good one though. I'm watching the Wu Tang uh, show on Hulu. I forgot the the full yeah. uh, title of it, but it's really, really good. Yeah, it's uh, you should check it out, Brian. You'd oh, love it. Yeah, it's it's great. Uh, it's it's just like um, RZA and all those guys growing up. It's a little bit of a. Um, I don't know if it's completely historically accurate, but it gives like a really good flavor of what it was like to live in that yeah. time, trying to get out of like the projects without doing like the drugs or gangster stuff and trying and using music and creativity. And it's about like all these, these childhood friends that have two paths and they all join together and, and, and the music's great. Yeah. It's shot gorgeous. It's really shot well. Mm. And the acting's really, really good in it. Justice I'm, I'm really excited about it. No one's really talking no. about it. It's, it's but a shame. There's just so much stuff. Yeah. That but it's good. But it's I highly idea. recommend that. For sure. Well, I just watched Chernobyl. Ooh. I, yeah. Oh man. Like, so good. Laugh a minute. I I was so, so I was good. so depressed when it was over. Yeah. Uh, Johan Rennick, who has directed on Walking Dead for us, I I wrote him immediately because he directed I think all of them, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Just just like fascinating. Like I couldn't stop watching it. I was a half an hour into the first episode. And I couldn't, I, you know. Riveting. Yeah. yeah. And it's strange even for my brain to think like that that happened in my lifetime. Yeah. Like I remember I, like so often. Uh, so that, I, that's what I watched most recently. <laughs> I hate to admit that it's, it's challenging for me to find a lot of time to watch stuff because we're in the middle of season 10 of Walking Dead and then Creepshow and I haven't. This is my day. This is a day off for me. <laughs> do, you watch, podcast, do you watch so. movies? Do you do you, um, do you put anything on in the background? Uh, well, Black Mirror, like USS yeah. Callister, I probably That's watched awesome. oh, yeah. twelve times. So good. Black yeah. Mirror. Well, let me ask you, all of you, in fact, listen. This is the horror team. These are the people leading horror for, especially on TV, uh, for the next generation. What's good in horror? What have you seen that you love? Even in the past ten years, even. 
On TV or on TV on film. Whatever. I just discovered this one movie, and I'm curious to see if you any of you have heard of it. But I just found out about this movie, Messiah of Evil. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. of it? No, Written no. by the same people who wrote Howard the Duck. Uh, what? It was made in 1976, called what? Messiah of Evil, and I forgot. It's a husband and wife team. They also wrote. Um, uh, uh, they also Howard. wrote. Uh, what's George Lucas's movie yeah. before Star Wars? American Graffiti. American Graffiti, yeah. correct? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Gloria Katz and yeah. Howard. Yeah. Anyway, it's like this Lovecraftian. It it feels like a weird hybrid of Night of the Living Dead and Carnival of Souls and Dawn of the Dead. It's got like this weird kind of, it's like 1974, 76, so it's still got a little bit of the groovy 60s in it. <laughs> and just before we go into like disco, so the collars are huge and it's just, it's got this weird, weird, weird dreamlike quality to it. Oh, and Walter Hill is an actor in it, gets killed in the first five <laughs> minutes. It's got like such a great pedigree and no one's talking about it. No one knows about it. And I, never, I just got it. Yeah. I just hunted it down on Blu-ray and it looks Hilarious. gorgeous. It's the t- what's the title one more time? Called Messiah of Evil, and it's, <laughs> it's a and, and and they uh, <laughs> the Messiah Christmas is, movie. Uh, yeah, it's a Christmas movie, <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's all shot in this kind of French New Wave kind of wow. uh, new. Uh, it's really hmm. really all right. Really cool. I highly recommend it. There's a really bad transfer of it on on Amazon Prime. But if you can hunt down the Blu-ray, I highly recommend it because it's like shot like real like anamorphic. I I loved I loved Ari Aster's movies. Mm -hmm. I loved Hereditary and Midsummer, which was so fucked up and (laughs) such a weird movie. But I love them. I, I they're just you know, and it, the hereditary is very polarizing. Evidently, like mm-hmm. the people that I talked to, they either loved it or they hated I it. I loved it. It was. It, it felt <laughs> so much like a Friedkin movie to me. Like <laughs> I, I That's really, funny. I really loved, really loved it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I watch a lot of, I watch a lot of European horror movies. Uh, you know, I loved Veronica, the mm-hmm. Exorcism movie, Veronica. Spanish Exorcism yeah. movie, which was great. Um, you loved Brightburn because you were the one that told me about it. it I like Bri- I liked Brightburn a lot. I like I feel like I'm the only person that saw it. So yeah, good. I didn't hear a lot about I, it. it but people it, who saw it liked it. It was like a fucked up horror. It was like Superman. the horror movie yeah, of super, the horror version yeah. of Superman. It's a great idea. It was yeah. a great idea. When I, I saw the, the trailer, idea. I'm like, oh my god, I'm in. And then like opening weekend, my son <laughs> and I went. And then it was gone in a couple days. But, but you loved it. You thought it was I thought it was super fun. Yeah, and I, just, I, it's streaming now. So I should check it out it. because yeah. I, I felt the same way. Yeah, I was like, this sense. sounds great. But then no one talked about it. And I went, okay, well, maybe. It's great. It, I, it's great? Nice. I'll I check it out. in the theater and I was home one uh, Friday. I was harassing myself, you to watch it. And I put, it was, I, I, I'm 53. It scared me. There were scenes where you're like, wait, where the fuck? Like, it, it was, I had the stereo loud. It was blasting, dark, big room. It was great. I nice. love that movie. Good. I'll watch it. And These on TV, Nosferatu has been, was a lot of fun. And, it's fun. And Terror. I've been, Terror, yeah. the, the, the later episodes are scarier, mm-hmm. kind of sets it up. But those two for me in horror have been yeah, pretty good on TV. I agree. Uh, these are all good answers. Thank you all so much. Uh, Creep shows in good hands. We appreciate the Thanks. work you're doing, and folks should check it out. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And 
engineered by Chelsea Jacobson and mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Ew.